This is Karen Hunter, and welcome to The Hub. Hey, y'all. So we had a fantastic conversation on a Wellness Wednesday, and I had to ask Hillary Jacobs Handel to stick around while Laree and Jason eat cupcakes um, because there was a caller that said he was struggling with some anger issues. His name was Chris in Delaware, and he needed an answer. So I promised him an answer, and I appreciate you because I know you got to run. But what's the response to his question? Yeah. So, Chris, what I wanted to let, just to let you know is that you, if you educate yourself about emotions and how they work, it's going to help tremendously. And one of the things, anger can serve a very primary function, right? When you're hurt and insulted and uh, somebody attacks you, anger is there for an important reason, which is to so that you learn to protect yourself. But anger, particularly in men, can be also used defensively for when you have more tender feelings, which men are not allowed to have in our culture. So you want to begin to look for and label and name, you know, if there's anything under the anger, like sadness or fear um, or, you know, any other emotions, needs that are not being met. And then you want to work with those feelings. So um, I guess what I want to direct you to is really everything is in the book. And and if you don't want to buy the book, I have tons of free resources on my website. There's a blog that I just wrote about impulse control. And there's a blog that's called Why Are People Mean, which explain the difference between experiencing anger in your body and then acting out on that anger. And that we want to work to create a space between the internal experience of anger and any action. And this can seem seamless to many people. You feel like anger, especially if you grow up in violent households where people yell and scream and hit, people mistake that anger is about abuse to others. But in fact, anger is a very positive feeling that we all need to experience, that all people have, and it's a survival emotion. So we want to learn to honor our anger, to validate the anger, and find constructive and healthy ways to express it so it doesn't come out at work and it doesn't come out with your partner. And some of those ways I talk about in the book, you can. there's also to fantasy ways. There's exercise, like kickboxing. Fantasy. So I, in, in my sessions, when I work with somebody's anger and we find it in the body and anger has energy associated with it, if you slow down, you can feel it. What is that anger? If that anger could fully come out at your kid, at your wife, at your partner, what does it want to do? And in the office, I say it's not a dress rehearsal for anything happening out in the world. But in my office, people will imagine like it's happening in real time that they are beating their the object of their anger to a bloody pulp. And what that does is it gets it out of their body. It re-regulates the nervous system. And then they can think again and understand how to use this anger to set a limit or a boundary, to walk away from something that's not healthy. Because the idea of anger is it's supposed to be useful. And what happens is in our crazy culture, when you don't get any emotion education, it just becomes a, a weapon for destructive actions and that's what everyone needs education about from the earliest ages and that's what the book is basically an emotion education in a box and I have all free resources on my website and hillaryjacobshendel.com for people to access that don't want to buy the book so Chris get it it's not always depression working the change triangle to listen to the body discover core emotions and connect to your authentic self Hillary 1L Jacobs Hendel Thanks for doing this. I appreciate you. I love to come here wow. anytime you want me. I will be back. All right, Just all a right, few blocks all right. away. All right. Now Thank we're you. gonna now we're gonna um, into the black part of this. Oh, nice we got a black you. answer for this. 
for, for this anger. Uh, because you know what I what I discovered talking with Hillary is that culture culture matters. Like it it's you know I know Hillary's definitely well versed, mm -hmm. got all of the answers in terms of like clinical and biological and all. But there is there's a wild card that we're dealing dealing with. There's a wild card that we deal with in our community that if if you're not in it, you really don't understand it. And, you know, there are cultures that have had trauma, but there's, yeah. you know, and I don't, there's no comparison. You know right. what I'm saying? My right. trauma is not better than yours. Right. It's just really different being black. Yeah. Not, not African black, not, I'm talking black American, black completely different. Yeah. yeah. And this is all you know. Yes. And anger is, is core because I think we don't even name all of the ranges of emotions like mm. i think if you had asked the average black person to to you know like i don't think they can tell you you know we're mad yeah we might be able to say sad yeah or, or we're happy but there's like fifty thousand emotions right so what is that going to take for us to deal with the anger that you know J jason was talking about there's seven core emotions. Uh, it's 5011. 5011 <laughs> emotions. Hillary's still trying to be involved in our conversation. Go ahead so we can talk about you when you leave. All right. <laughs> I was like, no more. All right, Hillary, sign it out there. She's getting involved in our situation because Smith's trying to leave. Smith, I'm not doing these um things today. All right. All right. They're due today. They're due today. All right. Well, we'll do this really quickly. With your little nasty self. All right. So, bye, Hillary. Thank you. Bye, bye. Hillary. Thank you so much. All right. Thank so, you. Talk talk about that a little bit. Talk about that anger. Do do you get angry, Jason? Because I've never really seen you. No, and you know what's, angry. You know what's I've never seen you angry. So it's funny because the the situation that I was talking about. So I was telling to to my, you know I called my women's work council, like some of my closest closest. It's very friends. good that you have one of those. Yeah. Oh mm -hmm. God, I you wouldn't know what the hell to do if I didn't have a one. Women's work council. Yeah. What is this? It's like my four closest female friends. They're the ones who keep me on the right path, <laughs> even when I don't listen. <laughs> and so so I was texting them as I was leaving this event, right? And because it was it was later on, I was like, oh, da, 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 da. And so it's funny that you asked me if I because one of my friends was like, she's like, were you getting angry? She's like, because it's not nice when you get angry. I don't get angry often. So when I do, mm. it is a lot. And like, I the last time I was actually really really angry was probably like a year and a half ago. Like it just doesn't happen very often. Do you remember what happened? I mean, of oh, course I, you do. No, I remember exactly what happened. I remember exactly what happened. And and, and it's one of those things where I am not. Um, I generally don't yell. I get really 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 very specific in my language, um, and I have absolutely no filter. Mm. And something when you, it's interesting when you guys were talking about words. I learned this years ago uh, with a therapist that I had in graduate school, um, and or a counselor, therapist, whatever it is you want to call it. I was stressed out about school, and a guy told me that <clears throat> he's like, "Your words are very powerful." He's like, "It's a gift, you know, it's divine, and all this mm -hmm. other kind of stuff." And I was like, "Eh, you know, I said, I don't know why people get so bothered by what I say. I don't care what they say." He's like, "Well, that's just that's just your gift. People tend to give a crap about what you have to say." Um, I have always, since I was very young, been very, very good at identifying. I, I'm like just a living profiler. I can see where people are real anxious about very easily, um, and can very simply cut people down without mm. a thought. Mm. Um, and so, when I'm really angry, that's the kind of person I become. Um, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't 
scream. I don't slam. A lot of that comes from because of my experiences in my own family. Um, but that's what anger is for me. And I try to avoid it because the truth of the matter is, you know, I stay at sort of that stim- – you know, it's it, it's like in the Avengers and they were saying like – they were asking Bruce Banner, they're asking the Hulk. It's like, well, how can you just turn – you know, don't you have to get angry to turn into the Hulk? Mm. And he looks at me he's like, I'm always angry. Right, <laughs> right, right. He's like, yeah. I just – I'm always angry. So this is not complicated for me. Mm. Um so, so yeah, that's what I was sort of asking about, sort of, with sort of the notion of intensity of emotions. I'm not angry all the time, but I am at a level of intensity 99% of the time that I can't afford to get angry. Yeah. Because it would just be exhausting for me. Me, me too. Yeah. Maybe what's, is, I don't know I'm what that's wired to. Um, I stay warm, I call it. I'm always mm. at level seven or eight. So <laughs> I, you know what I'm saying? I don't have to turn up because I'm right there. But in that, that also means that, you know, like I never get angry even though people think that I'm angry right. because my anger is violent. And so, I, <laughs> no, for real. And I knew that at a young age, you know, like, so I had to always control that. And my mother would say to me that, you know, you would go to jail if you put your hands on people. So I was conditioned mm. not to put my hands on people, but I would try to get people to put their hands on me first. And they never would. Because well, people know crazy when they see it. Yeah. And they know crazy adjacent. <laughs> well, and, and as and as 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 a guy, that was dangerous. I right. used to fight all yeah. the people. It's interesting. People, people are surprised when I say I used to fight all the time as a kid, a lot. Fist uh, fight. Yes, <laughs> just, I'm just playing. With yeah, you. yeah. Because you know, people are like oh, I never been a fight. I was like, I don't understand it. Like I, I, I yeah, and, 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 and what I learned very yeah. early on is one. It started dawning on me that, you know, you could eventually go to jail for this at some point because you're black, right? I was just figuring that out around eight, nine years old. At eight or nine? Yeah. Hey, this is Karen Hunt, and I remember the first time I tried HelloFresh. It was a chili satan. I was doing something vegetarian. I had never heard of satan before, but it was delicious, and it looked just like chili, but it was vegetables, right? And now I'm doing even more vegetables because I love to eat healthy, and I also love to cook, and HelloFresh makes both of those things really easy. So you can sign up right now at HelloFresh.com slash KH80. That's my code, KH80, and you get $80 off your first four boxes or $20 off each of your first four boxes at HelloFresh.com, KH80. And what are they cooking now? Oh, they have heirloom tomato flatbreads with pesto, fresh mozzarella, and balsamic greens. And what's really cool, step-by-step instructions, pre-measured ingredients, fresh ingredients, comes right to your door. You don't have to worry about the supermarket and standing in line right in your door. So you spend less time planning and grocery shopping, more time doing the things you love. And all of these meals come together in about 30 minutes or less. They even have family plans. There's something for everyone. Classic meals, veggie meals, family dinners, all of that at HelloFresh.com slash KH80. Sign up today. It's delicious. I love it. You'll love it, too. Let me know what you think. Um, which is, you know, I That's mean, imagine crazy. the trauma of having to think yeah, about think that when about you're eight that. or nine. That's so crazy. Mm-hmm. Uh, you can go to jail, but also it was because what I recognize is, without <laughs> getting myself in a certain level of trouble, um, when you deal with certain kinds of stressors at home, you have no tolerance for it in public. Mm. You have no tolerance for yeah. it in school. Yeah. And so... For me, I was that kid that, and, and, and I was taught at home, and this has to do with, with the traumas and fears and kind of environments that my parents were raised in. I was taught at home, you're not supposed to fight. When you do fight people, you're supposed to hurt them so badly that they will never, never ever think of hurting you again. And I found that I was very comfortable doing that. And I was like, so I need to stop. Because there are ways that I would hurt people. Like, I don't care. I'm going to do this until I know you won't do anything else to me. And when you're around white children, mm. 
and you know they mean you no harm, it is very easy to dehumanize them on your way to making yourself feel safe. I'm talking, I'm talking bricks and socks at 10. I'm talking broken bottles. I'm talking rocks and snowballs. Because when you're one of 12 black kids in your entire class and all these mm. little white children want to hurt you and the other black kids don't fight mm. or the other black kids are like, let them take our bike, let them push us off the playground and you're not that kind of kid. What yeah. do you do? Yeah. And I was always that kid. Part of the challenge with anger, because anger is almost like a resident default emotion for so many black people. Yep. And there's this quote, that, and I don't remember who said it, but I heard it like once in college and it stuck with me that the anger of the oppressed is not a sign of sickness. It's a rational human emotion that says what you're doing to me is wrong. Right. And this is the only way I can feel in my response. So I think the anger is normal. We live lives that are anger inducing, be it you are a victim of police violence, be it you are constantly microaggressed at work, be mm -hmm. it you can't meet your basic needs, be it you have bad interpersonal relations, whatever it is. Add all of that, because every community has that, but then when you add racial trauma, when you add anti-blackness that has been internalized, when you add, I don't even like being in my own body, so when I look at you, I'm angry just because you remind me of me, and I don't really like me. And we don't have a lot of language in our community to allow for the fullness of the human range of emotions. Because if you are a black boy experiencing extreme joy, and you are not, you know, gender conforming in the way that we think of a black boy. That's my boy. That's my son. Let me grab his nuts and that, 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 that type of boy. You don't even get the option of showing up in our community as a full respected person. For sexuality questions aside, right. if you do not physically carry yourself like you could wail on somebody at a drop of a dime and that you're crazy enough to do it. You don't get to occupy the status of manhood. Well, and when you are not allowed to experience the full range of emotions because your emotions are always seen as problematic. So when you get angry, right. your anger is always considered violence as always. opposed to, like you said, a normal response to being mistreated. Right. Um, when you are sad, it is seen as a sign of weakness. Now, that's gendered across all forms, right? Mm -hmm. right. All boys are told, you're not allowed to be sad, you're a punk, you're a loser, whatever else it is. But when you're a little black boy, it's like, no, I got a real reason, I got a real ass reason to be sad. Right. I was playing with my friends with squirt guns and a cop just came out and pulled a gun on us right. and we're nine. Right. And right? I'm not going to get therapy for that. Right. And I'm, I'm not, not going to have an adult, an expert to talk right. to about so that. So my, my pain doesn't get validated. It gets carried on. And sometimes, sometimes, and I because I, I, I hate being the person that wants to blame parents, the, the, the parent that hears that child crying from that situation, he or she's response may be, I would rather they cry and stay quiet than confront that police officer because then my kid is dead. Right. Right. So the so telling your children not to experience these full range of emotions. I remember when I was in school, and again, growing up in these sort of upper middle class suburbs that I grew up, it was always so it, it, it bemused me when white kids would act up, fight, scream, tear things up in school, and the explanation would be, you know what? Tanner's parents are going through a divorce. And mm. he's I wasn't allowed to get angry like that, like Tanner. No. <laughs> I mean, tamed. like, I'm like, wait, so your parents got divorced and that's why you stole a car? Like, you, you weren't allowed right. <laughs> because I would be dead or in jail. And I was one of the well-spoken Negroes. We had such different experiences. I grew up in an all-black middle class, upper middle class neighborhood where I didn't really see, well, I went to high school with white girls, mm -hmm. but they didn't even have the money that my parents and my neighborhood had. You know, mm -hmm. it was like, not that they were poor, you know, but they were regular working class or middle class yeah. white right. people, but... 
you know, we had a sense of of community that was different, like played till the lights came on, hot peas and butter. Right. There were no black kids and white kids in my neighborhood. Everybody was expected to go to college. So the childhood was wonderful. Mm. You know, the memories are fond and, and childlike playing yeah. Jackson Monopoly and Uno because those are childlike games, <laughs> J- Jason. <laughs> yeah, sorry. And then graduating, you know, to other wow. card games wow. and hot wow. peas and butter. And uh, okay. sorry, you hit your head. Okay. That's uh, all right. But, That's fine. but, but as I'm listening to you, like that trauma, if I had to grow up in a neighborhood where I also had to confront my blackness because I didn't. Right. Because I was just a kid. Like, right. I don't even remember being black growing up. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah. My blackness was never in question. My my grammar school was all black. Mm-hmm. My neighborhood was all black. It was a wonderful tree line, mm-hmm. lawns manicured. Mm-hmm. Teachers loved me. You now know, take away all of your financial resources. Yeah. No, like I'm, that's that's because no, that's sa- what like there are so many of our kids who are even if they're in all black spaces when your basic needs aren't being met. No, but this is the point that I'm making. Right. You know, listening to Jason. I know that there are other stories out there. Yeah. Mine is completely different than his. Yeah. Yours is completely different than both of us. Right. We are three people with three different childhood experiences dealing with anger and blackness and anti-blackness mm-hmm. in different ways. I actually didn't have any anti-blackness. Jason dealt with 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 um, anger and arrogance. And you, you know. I was always the new kid. So I went to, I think, at my last count when I was this is years ago, like I went, I had twelve different schools under my belt, like, and I went to four different high schools. So when you're the new kid and you're light skin, and I'm not gonna do the the they hated me because I, no, I had privilege because I was light skin, so I, and justifiably people would be angry about that. But then you're in this quote unquote smart classes, and so that was like the recipe for you're gonna have some challenges, like so you're gonna have some fight. I didn't like fight, I hated fighting, but I defend myself. And then you know once you you've done what you had to do, then people don't bother you anymore. Right. But by that point, word got around. Word right. got around. But then you move into another school, and so you have you to gotta do it all, you over do it all over again. Damn it! Can y'all send a note that I will whoop your ass? Can <laughs> and y'all I mean, send a and I, there were some fights I won. There was some that was a draw. There was one good one that I did not win. Right. <laughs> I remember that one to this day. And but I know people if I knew that, that you would. School, they knew that I, I would go there because, like, you ain't gonna punk me. Like, you know, I'm a little girl, but like, I'm a. If I'm going down, my motto is: if I'm going down, you coming down with me. It's gonna be the hardest fight that you ever had. Like, that was my thing. But I wasn't a violent person. Like, I was a nerd. Like, I didn't want to be fighting, but like. There was a point I had a jerry curl. You but, was going to fight if but you this was a, is the thing, though. a jerry curl. Like, but, that was just a black thing. And I didn't fight. Mm. Never had to, right? But see, I would often have friends that were your size, because you always said you were you wore a nine at nine. I would have friends who would be like, no. And what? Who going to check me? I'm Georgia. Who, who, that, shout out to Georgia. Shout out to Georgia <laughs> from the fourth grade. Who gonna, but those are survival mechanisms that, again, every community has kids that fight. But when I'm fighting you and I'm calling you a black bitch and I'm talking about you so dirty, you so ugly, you so black, you so this. And we are literally going to every deep, dark, dank space where I can hurt you because of your blackness. And I'm going to like when that's the nature of where all of our emotions are coming from, that is profoundly unhealthy. Or when you have in addition to that, like I said, the sort of dehumanization. I look, I stopped. I was less affected by being called nigger. I was less affected by being called super nigger or African, whatever kind of names. I was less affected by that because of the actual content of the statement from the white people. That's not what worried me. What bothered me when I was 9, 10, 11, 12, 13 is if you are confident enough to say this to me and the response from others is to not do anything, then I'm surrounded. Right. 
That's what worried me. Right. It wasn't the statement. It was the comfort in saying, I was like, shit. Mm. Now I'm other... in a mob. Right. right now I'm in a mob. Is... Or I just animals. plugged into the Matrix and all of you could be agents. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Well, they, they are. Yeah. So, so, <laughs> was, <laughs> so, so that was always my thing. It, it, was, it, was, it was constantly sort of feeling a, a, a sense of being, of, of being under threat, of not trusting. You can't trust your friend's parents. You can't trust your friends. Right. Um, right. You're in a constant state of distrust, and and the .02 black women who are actually around you are either obsessed with white boys who hate them, mm. right? Um, because this was the '90s, or obsessed with looking like white girls, which they never will. They never could. That never. wasn't even that wasn't. But even I'm an gonna option. do everything I can to make my hair look like them and make my skin as light as possible. I God, I don't uh. even know if that was a thing where I was. It was much more. They had the same new kids on the block kind of crushes as everybody else. And again, <laughs> in the '90s, white boys weren't <laughs> fucking with black girls. That's no, some shit now that right. they do for, well, for power Lark, and grace. Well, Voorhees and um, yeah. Robin Givens. Yeah. yeah. All right. Well, Larise got to go. Yes. Uh, I want to continue to have these conversations because I think we don't talk enough about our emotions. Me too. And anger, we need to eradicate it, and we need to start not counting to 10 like uh, Ralph Cramden. <laughs> Anger's your friend. Just security blanket. No, no. We got to love each other and stop being so angry because we, we got a future to have, even in this dysfunctional-ass world of ours. All right. Shay. Let me thank Lurie Favors. Love y'all. Jason Johnson. Dr. Jason Johnson. You can follow both of them at Dr. Jason Johnson and at Afro State of Mind on the Twitters, on the Instagram. And you can follow me at Karen Hunter on Twitter. Let me know what you think. Hashtag podcast. Till next time.